This is the Skies Blue Podcast. Well, hello again and welcome to the next Sky is Blue podcast with me, Phil Tooley, Paul Fisher, there's uh, Daryl Carpenter down there and Stuart Basson as well. Have we got anything to talk about, lads? <laughs> Have we got anything to talk about? Just so you know, we're recording this Saturday evening after Chesterfield were leading Notts County two goals to one when the fourth official held up the board that said three on. And I don't think it meant three points for Chesterfield. <laughs> uh, you know, hmm. well, if if the game had have finished at that point, I think we'd have all uh, all been pretty happy with life and thought, well, the four four two change has worked quite well and it's freed up Jordan Cropper down the right hand side and all that sort of thing. But then, two headers in stoppage time made it another disaster day uh, and a little bit akin to. Uh, well, too many games that we've had, but we, we, we had that disaster against Rochdale with uh, a couple of late goals, didn't we, a year or two ago. Start off when Mark Richards, I think, handled it. But, uh, Stuart, your uh, your views on what we uh, what we witnessed this afternoon and what it might mean or what it might not mean? It's it's the the, 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 the horror of being a town fan, isn't it, that, that, that they do that. Um, I... I it, and two one up with a minute to go, brilliant. You know, we'd we'd done really well. We'd we played well enough to deserve the position that we were in. I thought, you know, I mean, obviously you have to kind of ignore the fact that they'd made a couple of substitutions and had come back into the game and were looking far stronger than us as the game reached its conclusion. Um, but just to go and do what we did in stoppage time, which is, you know, I mean, we ought to be used to it by now. But by crikey, it still hurts, doesn't it? Yes, it does. And, you know, the, the first header, uh, the guy was just heading it back into the mix. I don't think he ever thought he was going to score a goal, does, did he? Well, it, you don't give away the free kick like that, do you? I know, you know, I, I know um, um, young Tyler Denton hasn't been here very long and, and he hasn't had a lot of games and all that, but he's, what is he, 23, 24? Oh, you know, if he's, been, if he's been associated with football clubs and academies and things since he was eight, you know, then he's had 16 years to learn that you don't give away a free kick like that. You know, it's 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 hard to point the finger, you know. Um, but if you look for a point in the game at which the game, on which the game pivoted, then that's probably the point. Unfortunately for him, you know, I'm sure he's mortified. But yeah, absolutely. But absolutely. And uh, and you know, we all know that it's the the defending that's the problem, Daz. Uh, but three goals conceded, all from set plays, um, and the two goals we scored were both actually nicely worked from open play. Yeah, I mean, the, it's just the free header, uh, repetitive game after mm. game. Um, I'm baffled. I'm, I'm, uh, it's the worst night you could expect to do a podcast because I'm almost <laughs> I mean, um, I could see it coming. Um, mm. When Cropper ran down the right in, in the last minute, past the said board that you were saying we'd been held up, and, and decided he was going to be all their team, instead of just heading for the corner, I had this feeling of foreboding. And mm. and sadly, um, to concede the two 
goals late on as we did was no surprise to me at all. And that cannot be right, can it? With, with a group of 11 so-called professional players. Um, I mean, not... I agree with Stuart, it puffed and puffed in the last 20 without actually causing us any serious problems whatsoever. But the one thing we hadn't done at that stage uh, was give away any free kicks. We'd given away a couple of corners, and as usual, Dench usually gets on the end of those. But mm -hmm. if he doesn't get his head on it, no one else is. Mm -hmm. and, and that can't be right. That's no, I, 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 absolutely. So uh, frustrating. And uh, Paul... Um, the lad Bron, who does the, uh, the the Twitter and everything, when we went two one in the lead, he uh, he, he had a chuckle to himself because somebody had immediately tweeted back, "Yeah, I'll settle for a two two. That's a little bit of the mindset around the place, isn't it, at the moment? Oh well, we we two one up with thirteen minutes left, a draw will be a good result. <laughs> yeah, oh definitely. Yeah, I bet lots of people cashed out on ninety minutes at two one, didn't they? Really, I think. Um, <laughs> Including yours truly as well. Oh. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, I mean, on a more serious note, David Buchanan's tweeted uh, this evening. He said, speechless is an understatement. Totally unacceptable what we allow to happen today with a few angry gifts or whatever they're, they're called. Like, so, emo images or whatever. Um, and don't, don't tell me that he finished it off with, we go again. For God's no, sake. no, he didn't. No, no he stopped I'd... there. He stopped there with <laughs> an angry that. face and a sad face I'd, as well. But, know. But it just, I, I mean, that's the first time I've really seen somebody come out and say something anyway on the, on the back of that. But on Tuesday night against Altecombe, I know we're talking about today in the minute, when Chesswood gave away that penalty and people were saying, no, it was never a penalty or he dived or whatever, nobody surrounded the referee saying, it's almost yeah. as if they just accepted it. Yeah. And I yeah. thought, well, the, there isn't that much sort of heart and soul into this, into this defence here. And if nobody's questioning mm. that, then what are you doing there? Where, where is your, Where's the spine of your team? All eleven. Go on. Sorry, I was going to say, as the as the end of a game approaches, all eleven seem to be getting more and more hesitant and wondering who is going to invent the new way to cock it up this week, don't they? Yeah. You know, there seems to be that that air of fatality about it all, which yeah. you know is the challenge for the new man, I suppose. But while none of us want to get the reputation for being in your face with a referee. Today, at, at half-time, I was having a chat with uh, a couple of guys at, at the game because in the first two or three minutes, there were two clear, clear instances of Tom Denton having his shirt pulled in the box. It was it was up to his chest. And then, after about 15 minutes, Knott's got a, a free kick on the right-hand side, attacking right-hand side, and the referee's doing the shirt-pulling pulling, uh, pulling, uh, uh Mm. Signal and and it it was a nothing shirt pull that one. Yeah. I'm not saying it was a foul <laughs> yeah. because it's a it, it's a foul. It had his ripped off in the box twice. Yeah. No. And so okay, if you're not going to penalise it, which I think is wrong. Don't penalise any. Mm. No, uh, no. You, know, yeah. you, you then get foul seconds after the Denton had had his shirt pulled, not in the box, uh, and he gave that and did that, and 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 you know if there'd have been a crowd in at that point mm. in time. Yeah. That, that yeah. given you don't. You, you, you're absolutely yeah, exactly. bang on, Phil, and you don't want to see it appear as though it's something that's rehearsed on the training ground. And we have had sides up here in the past who look as though they do that kind of thing. But it needs to be spontaneous and it needs to be heartfelt, doesn't it? Really? Yeah. I, I mean, how many times? How many times did players came to Saltergate or to the Technique Stadium 
Uh, players in midfield who referee the game themselves. Oh, everyone yeah. in the, everyone in the era, the there referee, they're not necessarily There's a good nev- player. Never been a finer one than Sammy McElroy for Berry. <laughs> yeah. Well, Robbie Savage does ago. it. He, he used to, oh, yeah. he used to dictate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> indeed. He, even when he played for Tranmere, he was again. He couldn't mm. move. He couldn't. Legs couldn't move. But he was always no. in the era of the referee. We've mm. we haven't got anybody of that for ages. We have not had anybody like that for ages. No, 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 no. no. Uh, um... I suspect Morsi was probably the yeah. the, the mm-hmm. last one, and he probably just often went a little bit too yeah. <laughs> too far, as uh, <laughs> as we'll remember if we look back at yellow and red cards in his uh, in his time. But but you know, had it not been for that injury time, and of course that happened, so we can't make it go away. Four four two seemed to suit the squad better, didn't it, Daz? Today than uh, yeah, well, for, for me particularly, Crofton. Yeah, we look better balanced. I think, as as you said, it allowed uh, Cropper the freedom to go without worrying what was happening behind him. Um, we did look better balanced. I, I still, I, I still wonder what's happened to Scott Bowden. Uh, I know he came in and got a couple of goals, but he's not the player he was for me, um, and that put a lot of weight on Dent because the ball, if it didn't go into Denton, was coming straight back. Um, I did think Smith and Weston were terrific, actually. Uh, again, central midfield. Um, and I thought Young Denton, apart from the aberrations you said, Stuart, late on, mm. uh, did okay on the left-hand side. My, my worry is the back four um, and was the goalkeeper, but I think this young lad has not had a chance with any of the ones that have gone past him in the last five or six days. But but the back line worries me to death. Um and, and the backup to that worries me to death. And I think whoever comes in, if we don't sort out that soft underbelly in the middle, uh, we're in real trouble. Real trouble. I mean, that's the area, Paul, that any new man has got to sort out. Day two, isn't it? You know, I'm, I'm sure he'll uh, introduce himself to everybody on day one. But day two, I'm sure he'll be uh, looking... At, at the, because of course any potential manager now can watch all the games on on video can't they and, and mm. make their mind up what what's what's needed well you won't have to watch too many episodes to know what's what's needed i think we're one goal short of an average of two a game conceding is it something like that now <laughs> and um you know that that is clearly the area as well and then at that point when you've got a strong spine at the back, you can then perhaps have in a, in the centre afford to be able to put a Mandeville or or somebody in the centre alongside a, a ball winner because at the moment you've got to have almost in a four four two you've got to have two ball winners to protect the back line. Yeah, mm-hmm. oh, I mean well, absolutely, you need it. We need a, a, a defensive midfielder at present. But I mean, I go back to sort of ninety three when. Uh, we're in a bit of a quandary at the start of the season. John Duncan was manager and he could just pull a rabbit out of the fire somewhere. And he, he spotted a deal where Tony Bryan was going to leave the club, didn't he? And he brought in Nicky Law. And early on, in that, I think he brought in Laurie Madden as a non-contract yeah. basis, didn't he? Mm-hmm. And so they had Laurie Madden and Nicky Law at the back. Now, they weren't quick at all, were they? <laughs> or they play alternatively. But what they had was a little bit of nous, didn't they, about them? They knew how to manage a game. They knew what to say. You check that runner, you check that runner. And, you know... You know, Sean Dyche as a young fullback there would have, would have learnt wonders under that uh, scenario, wouldn't he? But 
where's the leaders in this team? Where are they? There, there, there isn't any. I mean, we don't hear from Jonathan Smith. We don't hear from Will Evans. Catchable. He's the bloody captain. I mean, so I don't know if they've stopped doing player interviews after the game at all, but we've not had one this year. Um, it's just so frustrating that Scott Bowden now is 30 years old. He, I mean, he loves this club, doesn't he? That's why he came back. You know, he scored 40 goals for the football club. He should be a leader. He should be dictating from the front and just telling everybody, like, so look, this is not good enough. Um, you don't see it on the pitch. It's so frustrating. Just to answer the question about the player interviews, that's that's almost exclusively post-match uh, um, a COVID issue because of the zonings and the red zones and the amber right. zones can't come together and all that sort of stuff. So, uh, um, you know, that, that's a big issue that there is uh, uh, with regard to, to that, unfortunately. Uh, um, but yes, it would be nice to hear from, from some of the players. And as Stuart said, a while back, you know, Buchanan's tweeted out, and he does look like one who's scared. And I, I yes, think he does. To be four, fair, uh, of the back four today, I think he can escape pretty much any uh, any criticism. I think he, he 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 did quite well. It was it was the central area that was the the, the problem, and collective because at Altrincham, it was all about collective lack of defending, uh, um, without any shadow of a doubt. And there was a mistake. The uh, um, was it the first goal? When Lawrence Maguire lost lost wow. possession, uh, and all of a sudden it was two on one. Well, okay, you know, you're going to make a mistake like Lawrence did there. It's ten yards from the halfway line. Everybody assumed he was going to play the ball forward, so there was no support there. But when it did go wrong, and you've got to recognise that if it does go wrong, what's going to happen? And the fact is, it's two on one, and it's easy for the the, the number nine to to score. Um, uh, you know, uh, I think we were talking earlier about the the Laurie Madden and uh, Vicky Law thing. Mm. I think you can get away with a lack of mobility or a lack of physicality. What you can't get away with is both. <laughs> and mm. I think that's the problem. We have a lack of both. Yeah. 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 Mm. Yes. No, you, you, well, we have. Uh, uh, and it's been a problem for a, for a, for a long, long time. I, I, I think, I can't remember if it's 28 or 29, but that's 28 or 29 consecutive home games we've scored in that that, that right hand side of the pitch isn't mm. the problem it's the left hand no. side yeah. of the pitch or the end not the side but at the end you know we've, we've scored every match this in every match this season did Eastley play today I, I can't remember seeing their result uh, uh, but but as we went into the fixtures today there's only us Torquay and Eastley in the National League who scored in every game no so, Eastley's game was called off against yeah. Stockport so they're still only yeah, yeah we've scored again mm. so we're still only easily who were in the playoff zone at kickoff time today, but if they they might have dropped out now. Torquay were top, and also the only team scoring every game. You know, it, it tells you more than any anything that it's that it's that goals against column yeah. that is uh, uh, the the problem, and it needs addressing with individuals and collectively, which is yeah a little bit of uh, 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 of, of both. And you know, to concede three against Altrincham, three against. Notts County today, uh, and, and you know, throwing it away against Maidenhead as well last week. That's you know, three three matches in a week. The, the defence has been culpable for. I would. Will it be every goal? Yeah, I think it probably is every mm, goal. Probably. I can't, yeah. I can't think of one that's been magically created that you just no. applaud because they've done particularly well. Well, that that you know the one that first goal that Maidenhead scored after we scored the one that was just. 
across into the box. It was just watched. We watched it go into the back of the net. All of them. Oh God! Stood yeah. there watching it. And that just yeah. symbolises what has happened over the last five years. That goal. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I just, think just watching it, watching it happen. I think I said on the radio at the time that it summed up the season exactly, you mm. know, and, and and that's two goals in consecutive matches at home that the scorer has absolutely not intended to score. <laughs> you know, the, 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 the header from uh, Rodriguez today and the cross from Barrett last week, neither of them were were uh, moves that they were expecting to trouble the scorer. And uh, uh, the thing is, none of us anticipated what it was they were, they, no. they were capable of uh, uh, of doing. And it is that anticipate, you know, uh, uh, um, oh, there's a message coming in, it says, uh, from a friend, who do you fancy for manager, Phil? Well, that's just, uh, it wasn't a cue from anybody there. <laughs> <laughs> but who do we fancy for manager then? So, uh, um, yeah, there's, there's all the usual suspects. But before we start talking about names... Are we all in agreement, and I don't know this because we've not talked before, that we need somebody who knows the division and has got a bit of experience in them? I know there's a certain amount of, well, the Cowleys learnt the stuff at Braintree or wherever it was and sort of came up and, and, and went up the ladder. But at this stage, do we want somebody who knows either the National League or the National League North or South or League Two, i.e. where we'll be shopping or not shopping and has, has got a few games under the belt, or a punt. Stuart? Well, um, hmm. broadly, yes. Um, it's probably less important that they know lots of players, I suppose, because we, we, you know, we have a scouting system in the process of being set up that we might get onto later. Um, but, but it is essential that they know about the league you know and about what teams are like and 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 just how to play to a stay in it and b get out of it and for that reason i probably wouldn't look much further than any of the well-touted candidates who have got experience in this league and have produced teams of winners in this league before yeah you know sorry it'll be it'll be a very very bold football club that appoints a young manager with no experience, but with an absolutely sort of engaging vision. Yes. You know? Yeah. No, they're, they're almost the people who want a number two. Yes. Right? Yes. I have, I have had two ex-Chesterfield footballers contacted me this week. Neither of those were interested in the job, but they were both <laughs> touting somebody else ah. uh, who, uh, uh, who, who may well be interested, who fall into the, Yes, they probably are good long-term, but not necessarily the mm. right people. Uh, I mean, Lincoln could afford to do that with the Cowleys, couldn't they? But, um, you know, because they were in a much better position than we are when they came in and took over, I think. Yes. You know, we're, we're in the position of being in the in the relegation zone again for the third season on the bounce and, yeah. you know, looking for clubs to go pop or that everyone to catch the thing and the season to be called off or something to save us again at the moment yes. I, I don't like to contradict, contradict the official historian of the club but I think <laughs> it's six consecutive relegation battles oh, yeah yeah. sorry I, I, I'd forgotten we were even in the football league Phil sorry <laughs> uh, that long ago uh, it seems like right. experience or, uh, or, or, or what does what's your, uh, your initial thoughts I think experience of this division is critical this time. Um, 
you know, with Martin Allen didn't work out. It was a strange appointment at the time. It looked as though it might work. Uh, but I do, I do think, I mean, two, before we get on to names, but there are two or three of the ones that are going to be talked about, no doubt, who I think are, think those boxers, because they've managed in the division for a period of time. They know, the, as Stuart said, what's required um, and should therefore the, the player base of what's available. Um, yeah. I don't think, I'd, I'd love to get in a young, untried, you know, National League North or South manager or whatever, um, or, or an ex-player. I mean, Gary Roberts, his name keeps being touted about, uh, not least by Jimmy Ryan and Sammy Morse. <laughs> <laughs> well, I suppose if he can bring those two back with him, yeah, I might yeah. consider it. But yeah. Well, it's too, I tell you what, it'd be a laugh in the, in the dressing room if he, if he was in there, that's for sure. No, it'd be a laugh until we stop winning games or stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, I, I, I suspect it could be the first time ever that, he's gone, that if he was a manager, he'd go up to the fourth official and pull his shorts down. So I think you'd have to be extremely bold to make that kind of appointment in our current predicament. Mm. Yeah. yeah, Paul, are you an, an experienced uh, uh, man? Uh, do you favour the experienced man? Or um, woman, of course, it could be. Or, or woman, yeah. Um, he, I, I think the time for bringing in a, a sort of unexperienced, inexperienced coach who was going to uh, look to start his career at Chesterfield going forward, have some good ideas of what that was in the summer. That time had gone now because we're. We're in a bit of a pickle, so we need someone. We need someone with a quick fix, don't we? So we're going to have to go with somebody experienced, aren't we? Um, you know, you're, you're looking at, uh, at, at mainly sort of uh, managers who have sort of yeah been been around this division. I think right now they they may be out of work. Uh, they've got a bit about them. Um, they've maybe had a bit of League Two experience as boss as well. So. You know, you you've got to you've got to be careful about your appointment. They've got to they've got to want to want to come. You know, is that manager on that particular list? And I'm sure because of the draw of Chesterfield, which people seem to forget, and I know this club has not got much money at all, but you know, it, its facilities are second to none, aren't they? So you just got to look at that. It's got a big name about it, massive history, massive fan base. When they're allowed to come back in, the potential's all there. Does this manager see that it's something for the future and something that he can fix pretty quickly about it? I think. And, you know, there's going to be, a, a, yeah, no, experienced managers, that's the way we're going to have to go down. Well, in, our, in the pond that we find ourselves swimming in at the moment, we're almost in the fallen giant category, aren't we? Really? Yeah. And, yeah. And is, uh, uh, we're, we're below our, our natural place over in the history of, uh, of, of, of the, the game, uh, as opposed to at the top of it, like, like the Boreham Woods of this world, yeah, uh, might be, and and funnily enough, uh, um, you know, people like Luke Garrard at, at Boreham Wood, um, you know, they're, they're, they're non-sexy names. People don't know much about them or who they are, but they've they've clearly people like him have have got something about them about this division. And, yeah, uh, um, you, you know, it, it's it's always difficult to speculate about people who are in a job. In the likes of Luke Garrard and, and somebody who I think might be quite good, Steve Watson, who's at York now and um, did really well when Gateshead as a club were um, you know, 
wobbling around. Um, but it, it's difficult for, for for them if they're interested, and it's difficult for us as a club because you'll be talking about potential compensation and everything as well. But but managers like that would possibly see Chesterfield as a yeah. As a They'd find a way, Phil, wouldn't they? Do you know what I mean? Mm. They'd find a way to come to Chesterfield, wouldn't they? If they if they if they really wanted to come, they would find a way. So, well, managers always have, haven't they? In, yeah, in yeah. One way or uh, one way or another, uh, uh, and you know, are they credible um, suggestions, Stuart? Um, well, uh, Watson's name has been linked, hasn't it? Um, I'm not sure that any other serving manager of a club in our league has have they if i can um can't think of uh, you know mostly it, it mostly it's the um, more recent out of work people isn't it oh, um, pete wilde at halifax was linked oh ah, yes he was so, wasn't yeah. he apparently yeah. yes yeah yeah but um other than that um it it, it it's been you know the, the 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 three names of our four that we were talking about before we went on air, who so far haven't been mentioned and who are presumably immediately available. Um, yeah, and, and, and you know, the people that we're, we're talking about, speculating about, have all had experience in this division and, and, and some degree of success or at least their teams playing above themselves. And, and that's uh, Tim Flowers, whose name seems to be a long, a long uh, way at, you know, put forward by a lot of people. Paul Hurst and Graham Alexander, uh, um, none of them in a in a job at the moment. All of whom have have had some degree of success in in the area. Of course, don't necessarily know each of their personalities. I think we all know that Tim Flowers, associated with with Solihull, made a phenomenally good team, but not mm. a phenomenally good watch. Uh, Paul Hurst, albeit at Shrewsbury, worked worked wonders, but then. Something obviously didn't work right at Ipswich, but had been in this division with Grimsby. Did uh, a good. Uh, and, and Graham Alexander uh, was there. Yeah, but you might. Some people all say. Well, some people say that be it Fleetwood or Salford, he he had a better than average chance with the the pound notes available. With the money, yeah. So you know, they're all valid contenders. Are yeah. they valid, members, valid managers? Potential managers of Chesterfield FC, Darren. Um, I I have my doubts about Alexander for exactly that reason, Phil. He has done it, but he's he's been at two clubs who were uh, wealthy at that level. Uh, Is it the Gary Caldwell of the National League? <laughs> <laughs> hmm. um, he um, he also, if if you remember, struggled to get Salford up with a lot of money, and only crept in through the playoffs in the end. Yes. Um, I do like and get a lot of good feedback about Paul Hurst. I think he did a mm-hmm. tough job, but was allowed time to do a terrific job at Grimsby. Um, he then went by his own choice, I think, to to Shrewsbury and did a similarly great job there. I think he then jumped onto a onto the bandwagon a little bit at Ipswich, and it was probably a bit like you know going back a year or two, John Duncan leaving us and going to Ipswich. It may have been a bridge too far at the stage of his career. Yeah. Uh, well, he was only there for about 10 games. So. Yeah, exactly. And, and then he had 
that he had a little spell, didn't he, at Scunthorpe, um, who, who seemed to be a team in a little bit of free fall at the minute. But he will know the division. He'll know he was he was there four or five years with Grimsby went before he got him up. So he'll know the division. He'll know what it takes. Um, and, and Flowers, likewise, you know, like all loathes of Solihull style of football, um, it, it was direct. My God, they were physical and they were competitive and they were doing all the things we were on about earlier about moaning at referees and being professional, if you want to put it in inverted commas and, and all that. So, Tommy, well, were moaning at referees when they lost the, the flip of a coin. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, uh, it, uh... I, I wouldn't mind a town team that, that moaned a bit, to be honest. Uh, uh, and, and, of course, you know, we'd all trade. 20 wins on the bounce in the worst style of football that you've ever seen just at this moment in time. Yes. Yes, yes. Um, Wouldn't we? Uh, uh, um, you know, there's desperate times, desperate measures and all that sort of... Uh, ironically, of that, of that list, I've, I've interviewed in the past two of them, Paul Hurst and Graham Alexander. Paul Hurst was when he was a player at Rotherham and uh, uh, for, for reasons that will aren't worth explaining I was doing the commentary on the official video for their auto windscreens final against Shrewsbury <laughs> and we were doing some interviews on the pitch at the end of the match and I was chatting with Ian Brecken and uh, John Shires of ITV popped along and one of the cameramen Bill Blackburn who did a lot of stuff for ITV he just oh will you go nip in and do some dressing room stuff so uh, he and I went in and I interviewed Paul Hurst who's about five foot four or something along those lines. And uh, all, all the Rotherham players were delighted. And um, the first thing I said to him, because uh, it was a Sunday match, the first thing I said to him, is it back to school tomorrow? Because it's quite boring. <laughs> so I'm sure he'll not remember that. But, uh, <laughs> well, uh, hopefully we not. A, a <laughs> I, I got covered in a bottle of champagne. So uh, that was one. And then Graham Alexander, I was asked to interview him for the you know, BT highlight show or something like that. After... Uh, Fleetwood had lost at, at the Pro Act, as it was. Uh, uh, they'd had a man sent off and he'd been sent off. Yeah. Uh, mm. um, their press officer sort of said, is it going to be used? Because apparently the last three times they'd interviewed him, it wasn't used. So I uh, I, I did well to get one word answers out of him. Right. <laughs> He's always, at, 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 in that sort of part of, of the job he's always struck me as john sheridan in a nice coat you know <laughs> yeah uh, it, i suppose flowers if we're talking of someone who can come in and kick our current load of players up the jacksey and get something out of them flowers might be your man but you know are we going to keep the current set of players is a thing and if we're going to to to, to give the new manager some money to invest and, and and all that sort of thing then perhaps hurst if he can pull us out of this mess and get us playing a bit of football might be a better bet. If you were uh, uh, the chairman, Mike Goodwin, Daz, uh, what sort of approach would you take for uh, um, getting the money? Would you, would you would you get a little panel of people with football experts on there? The likes, and I'm just guessing at the likes of John Duncan or Kevin Davis. So I think Kevin's said he'll he'll help out and I'm sure John Duncan would would you would you pull together people from outside the immediate uh, uh, club who've got a bit of football expertise to, yeah. to, to help out uh, uh, and do it purely on interview or, or how would you handle it I think there's merit in doing that because what strikes me about the current board uh, is with the exception of uh, John Crute uh, they've no experience at all 
Um, yeah, and appointing Pemberton was a no-brainer, wasn't it, at the time? Correct. It was the right thing to do. Yeah, I don't, I don't think there was a supporter who didn't think that was a good idea under the circumstances. Um, and, and, and just going back to Pemberton slightly, I have to say, I get the impression he's somewhat fallen on his sword, realising the job was too big for him. Mm. And, and, and that being the case, um, you know, I think he deserves a lot of credit for what he did when he came in um, and got us out of the mess and got us through the COVID farce and all the summer and everything else. It cannot have been easy for him at all. Um, but getting back to your point, Phil, yeah, um, I think some kind of a, a another board or a consultative committee, whatever you want to call it, to help with the appointment and then maybe other football matches going forward would be very handy because there is there is a lack of football people on, in the current setup. And, and talking... Well, well-intentioned people, but not with a football background. And talking of football people, uh, I, I think we'll be hearing sooner rather than later that former Chester player Lee Turnbull has, has been appointed. I physically did see him at the game today. I know uh, that there's, there's been mentions in social media that he was he was going to join and uh, I think he's joining in some sort of recruitment operation and you know he, he knows as with Paul Lemon who's also involved on recruitment will know the reputations and the the modus operandi of of, of, of more than the average bloke in the street won't they so uh, uh, no, no no question about it so um, but it, is it Paul is it just about interviews or do you have to uh, uh, well, I suppose one of the things is what would you do at Chesterfield in the immediate future, and do you believe in a community football club? And if the answer to either of them is not sure and no, <laughs> yeah, you're not going to get much further. But but are, are interviews the way to do it? Because of course, our most successful manager of recent times, Paul Cook, did his interview in a match um, where he was in charge of Accrington Stanley, who narrowly lost because we had Jack Lester and they didn't. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, indeed. I mean, Gary Caldwell did a, a presentation, didn't he, uh, for for his uh, his job, and uh, that 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 turned out well, didn't he? As the worst manager uh, in the last uh, fifty years or whatever, statistically wise. Um, so that worked. So necessarily, I think you've got to have in mind. I think for this particular, I mean, football football management is obviously quite different to an ordinary job management interview, isn't it? You've already got in mind the kind of manager that you want. All you're doing is basically seeing their face and introducing yourself to them, aren't they? So I think that's that's all about the record speaks for itself, doesn't it? What kind of manager it is. But sometimes you've got to try and woo the board, haven't you, really? I think it's what you, what you do say, and you've got to be positive about it. You've got to be up for the fight. And I think that, you know, you've got to look at a manager that really wants to be at that football club, you know, rather than just being shoehorned in as a mate of somebody else who's coming in. He worked for us last time. He'll, he'll do it again. Like, so, you know, he'll be, he'll be good. So I think it's got to be a, a structure. But I, I kind of think that the, the board really know who they particularly want at, at the end of the day. And they're going to narrow it down to maybe a couple. You know, the names that you've mentioned there. The, the only one that really stands out for me out of the three and purely because I think Graham Alexander and Paul Hurst think that they are going to get a league job rather than national league job. Yeah. Um, so I think Tim Flowers is the one that we should be targeting. I, I wanted, I want Danny Cowley. I want him to come back into the league to have a go, but he apparently is going to be sitting on a beach with his millions from, uh, from Huddersfield. So, uh, <laughs> you know, allegedly. Um, so yeah. I, I don't know. 
Well, we know Stuart wants. He says he wants somebody who's got the kick up the jacksy uh, approach. So I think the Home Secretary might uh, fit, that, uh, <laughs> oh fit that bill. bill you know, you know. So, uh, 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 but yeah, you do need that short, sharp shock. But then you want to start developing, don't you? And 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 yeah, you do. Term. I, th- I think what we what we're looking at is a. Uh, you go back to about a, a structure of a board. You know, you mentioned a, about a football board, and that's a good idea because those that board and the director of football, head of recruitment, uh, chief scout, or whatever, are going to be there long after any other manager comes in. You yeah. know, and they should always be there. You know, that role should always be there, regardless of who it is. The structure of a football club has changed from when it used to be the the owner of uh, the local greengrocers and a manager who did everything now yeah. the manager should only be classed as a head coach really because all they want to see is on the training ground you know he picks a team every week what he sees fit but if he wants a player he's got a department there that can go and get him a player or suggest mm. to him who he wants and i think yeah. that's how it, it needs to be that way chesterfield needs to sort of get into the real world now you know, when we were la- when we were lads, they were called tracksuit managers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, it's only nineteen sixty. Yeah, absolutely. And in terms of you know, there'll always be people who say, "Oh, they've gone for so and so because he's on the cheap." Well, I you know, knowing a little bit about the guys that are in charge now, they'll have got a rate for the job. They'll have. Mm. I-, I suspect they'll not be looking to anybody who wants a long-term contract because well <laughs> we've, yeah. we've fallen into that trap several times we've got, we've got two managers to pay off still yeah, <laughs> yeah well I, i'm not sure I, i'm not prepared to say how many there are at the moment because it could be a lot, a lot more than that but I all right I, I, I genuinely don't know and uh, uh, um I, I i think they'll be talking about 12 months as a deal as a maximum mm-hmm. and i would be amazed if they weren't saying well here, here's a basic basic but the rewards for success are well worth uh, 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 hanging around for because you know give, give that incentive for people to yes uh, and phil you've also got a complete clear out of staff at the end of the year yeah, everyone's yeah. gone you've got you've got to work from that blank so you've got to work with them now and you might be able to bring some players in in january or, or whenever well, they can bring them in now can't they but yeah. you know you've got a complete blank sheet to work with in the summer should it go well for you you know that's that's an that's another incentive isn't it you yes can bring so your there, own there, guys would in. Very, there would be very 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 few managers starting a, a job that by the end of the season there won't be a single player under contract mm. I, I i i certainly at chesterfield there's been times when it's been five four or five yeah 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 <laughs> and, and you've got to go back probably to the late 60s when when pre-bosman yeah it didn't matter whether they're in a contract or not because if you if you offered him a contract they had to they had to yeah. hang around couldn't disappear mm. couldn't. so yeah uh, uh, um you know certainly in modern post-bosman times uh, no chesterfield team has ever come to the end of a season with everybody being been out there and what an incentive for those who have got a little bit of promise about them to pull the pull the socks off well, indeed yeah uh, you get your uh, chance you've got to take it haven't you so yes you you you, you, you have and one of the things uh, does will of course be buying into the community thing of course nobody's going to be going visiting schools tomorrow week but yeah. but long term you want somebody who genuinely believes in in that and they have and, and john pemberton i think genuinely believed 
in that and, and, and there's been ones in the past like Cookie that genuinely believed in it but there's been plenty who didn't yeah absolutely yeah that's a good point I mean getting just going on a tangent slightly with the Cowleys that was one of the things apparently that they did buy into Lincoln and if you remember when they got back in the league they were getting nine and ten thousand gates mm, yeah and when they when they took over at Lincoln it was about twelve or thirteen hundred so they did something outside just winning football matches. They did engage with the team and the community. And, and if we could get someone with that kind of wider commitment, that would, be, that would be great. But to be honest, at the minute, we just need to win football matches. Yeah. yeah. And whether yeah. it's... I, I, I never thought I'd ever say this, I'll say this, but it, it might be an asshole that comes in. If we can win us 15 games, you can have the freedom of the town because I think that's how critical it is. Yeah, and and it's a it's a bonkers division, isn't it? This year, that yeah, uh, uh, yeah we were last week when we were one nil up against Maidenhead in the live table, we were twelve. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely, uh, absolutely daft. Uh, Yeovil, when they were one nil up in midweek, had gone from bottom to sixteenth or something. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Uh, uh, it, it is a bonkers division. You know, Torquay looked as though going to open a bit of a gap today, but Halifax pegged them back, didn't they? Or did, did, was it a draw? Did it end a draw? T- uh, no, Torquay are five, five points clear now. Torquay oh, at the top of the table. Been, so, yeah. Late on today, so I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I must have missed that one. But, you know, the, the, it, it's, it's there for four or five wins out of six, and you're right back in the, in the mix. Yeah. So it, oh, definitely. As it is, that. Yeah. that it's, it's, almost, it's almost like when Gary Caldwell came in that at that time we could have probably done with a a, a, a Neil Warnocky sort of character and and then sort of said, look, just save us, keep us up this year and we're not going to hire you for next year, but we'll give you a nice fat to, bonus. If you get on, don't go on to Gary Caldwell, please, because that has to be um, the sacking of Danny Wilson and the appointment of of Gary Caldwell was the worst five minutes uh, in our recent disastrous history because we, we were not going down under Danny Wilson. It, it, we just were not going down. And and, and what we did that day uh, as, as impinged on the club ever since in many ways. Well, on the, well that, that Bradford's FA Cup game, wasn't it, they got sacked after? Yeah. That's the game that Tommy Lee got his injury, isn't it? I think is that the mm-hmm. one where he's, he got, I mean, he barely played again or played one game after after that, wasn't it? So, oh no, it was it was a, it was a terrible idea. We were outside the bottom four, and and we 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 only went down after that. We only won two games after that, and it was ridiculous. It was a, such a ridiculous one. And, and remember, the uh, the the media got portrayed that Tony Mowbray was going to be the manager, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. At that yeah, point, yeah. yeah, everybody got sold a dummy, didn't he? By that, so mm-hmm. by some uh, yeah, I forgot some that. joker. Right, yeah. No, I, I remember. I remember when we won one nil at Swindon when Reese Mitchell scored in the last minute yeah. uh, in a one nil interview. Gary, oh, I got on with fine. I got on fine with Gary. Nice bloke, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, nice bloke. And uh, and I, I I said to him, I sort of said, well. We've got the win, but there was one shot on target, and and I think the average over the previous five games had been 1.7 shots on target per game or something. Mm. And I just sort of said, "That's not enough, is it?" And he just said, "Well, it was enough today." <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and, and, and the, the issue with with Coldwell's team was like not creating chances. 
that's not the issue with this team. We've no. in plenty of, of chances uh, uh, and, and, and that end of the pitch. So it's getting the balance right. But you know, it looks better at 4-4-2. But uh, anyway, we've moved mm. slightly off the... Off, off the manager, we could we could discuss her, uh, and if, if people are shouting at the podcast saying, "Oh, you've not mentioned so and so and so and so," well, we deliberate. We don't normally have any strategy for our podcast at all, but we <laughs> do say rather than just have a long list, it's just going to be a long list. We'll talk about the type of people that that, that might be there. Nobody expected Paul Cook, so you know probably the person will be appointed hasn't been on any list or anything yet. We just, we just don't know. But uh, uh, and of course, as you were saying, as somebody was saying earlier on with Paul Earth and, and Graham Alexander, you don't know what the people's views are, you know, the, the actual potential managers. If, no. if, because the thing is, you're never hanging around long for a league job to come up. No, it's not. It's not going to be long. It'll be there'll be one next week comes vacant, and one two weeks after that, and one two weeks after that. Yeah. yeah. So there's always kicking around, and the younger end of of the managers, if they had a reasonable playing career, won't be needing it to pay the mortgage tomorrow. No. So they might be able to hang around. Um, like if, you're trying, if you're trying to sell your house, but you've not, you're not, you're not going to sell it tomorrow, if you want the price, you just hang around until the price comes. Yeah, and, indeed. And, and a lot of people will be like that. And the managers that uh, that say are, are, are sort of thinking, well, Chesterfield's in the bottom three or, or whatever of the, of the National League and they they've got chance to build their squad now if they if they want to. They, Mike Gooden's already said there's some funds available. It might not be much for them, but so they've got to work cannily, haven't they? Really with that, so they, they can't do anything until January in the league, in the football league. You know they've got to work with what they've got, and if they're already in the bottom three, then it's about motivation, isn't it, for them? But with Chesterfield, you can bring a new face in straight away. You know, yeah. so you can bring in a centre half in or or whatever is required with a bit of experience who wants to come. You know, on, on his last on his last legs, like Laurie Madden was, but it it worked, didn't it? It worked. He played a sweeper, didn't he, Laurie Madden? He yeah. was he was excellent. He was he really was. Yes, and and you know, it, it is sometimes a a, a masterstroke, and that that centre half role is at any level vital. But yeah. I think the further you go down the pyramid, it becomes ever more vital because in the Premier League, you can you can have people who can play football, you know, uh, and maybe maybe decent defenders. Yeah. At, at our level, you know, you've just got to have somebody who can defend, who, who, who just will put the, the body on the line and, you know, in, in the Nicky Law player mould sort of uh, uh, thing. No, 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 no question about that. So, so you know, we've got, we've got Lee Thermal and Paul Lemon in there on a recruitment point of view. We've got, uh, you know, likely that the board will be supplemented or helped by football experts to make a, 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 a decision. Um, most people are saying that the community stuff's very impressive and everything, but it is all about winning football matches. Apart from what's going off on the park, are, are, are we reasonably happy for the future? Of course, we've got to throw in the, the mistake against Stockport County, the, the replayed match, and John Pemberton that day, even though I didn't go to the match, John Pemberton made it quite clear before the game, he would not do a post-match interview in that because, of course, the inevitable question will have been about yeah. the effort, and I don't think he wanted to put anybody into it. But you know that that that's a, a bad mistake that was uh, uh, that was made. But is everything else heading in the the, the right direction, Dan? Yeah, I, I think the signs are good. 
to be honest. Um, I, I do think expectation levels among some of the supporters is, is ridiculous. Uh, they're all asking for open and this transparency of the other and why is this happening and why is that happening? You can't answer every question that comes upon a daily basis. You, you've got, you know, you're trying to run an organisation in very difficult circumstances with all the COVID thing and are we getting money from the national, from the government and this and that, how that being split and can we have money? You know, you've got, on top of which, trying to win football matches, which we're not terribly good at. At the moment. <laughs> and, and I just, I just think I, I read some stuff on social media and think, what planet do you guys want? You've got to give them some breathing room. They've been in there five minutes, and not everything's gone to plan. Nobody meant to cock up on the on the Stockport thing. I'm absolutely sure of it. There's there's no way of knowing if if foundations for whatever the mistake was wasn't laid before they took over um, mm. you know and I think they have made some good appointments behind the scenes um, um, which in the, in the longer term will bear fruit but the expectation levels are, are way over the top and it, it is a legacy of what we've suffered over the last 10 years because people are looking at the minutiae and jumping on anything and turning it into a major issue. The major issue that, we, that they, they need to get right now and will be difficult for a new board is disappointment. It's, it's crucial. Yeah, and it comes to it at a, a much sooner time than anybody expected, isn't it, really? Because um, yeah, we all thought Pemberton was a, a, a dream fit at the start of the season after his mm. 7-2-2 record at the end of last year and the fact that there's a decent bloke. Uh, um, you know, and it, it, it's it's just not worked out for him. And I suspect, you know, it, it's and I, I genuinely don't know. I genuinely don't know. Um, I suspect the mutual element is uh, just that. I think I think it will probably have been uh, um, John Pemberton knocking on the chairman's door rather than the chairman knocking on John Pemberton's door. I don't know that, but I bet it was. Yeah, well, you certainly. Could be forgiven for getting that impression from um, Mr. Pemberton's last two post-match press interviews, yeah. couldn't you? Where you know he seemed not not to be a completely broken man exactly, but um, I, I'd struggle to put it into words. But um, but yeah, he seemed to be a broken man, you know. Yeah, well, he, um, he, he said to me, I did the last interview with him at Altrincham, and he said. We know what the problem is. We've identified it. We work on it, but we don't seem to do anything about it. Yeah. Um, uh, and yeah. There comes the time when, well, I know what it is, but if the, t if, if, if <laughs> yeah, I'm talking about hammer and hammer and nails here. But yeah. The tools that I work with. Mm. Don't do it well, right. and. And that being the case, absolute fair play to him for, you know, if he did knock on the chairman's door, for doing that as quickly as he did, rather than stringing it out. You know, there are plenty of managers who would have refused to believe that that there was nothing they could do to alter it, and, you know? And that will only go when they've been paid every last penny. That oh, yeah, yeah. They're, they're due as well. And mm. uh, Again, I don't know, but it wouldn't surprise me no. if John Pemberton... Uh, uh, didn't insist on getting every penny that he was. No, no, but but you're right. I mean, you know, it, it is his career as full-time, properly signed-up manager of Chesterfield Football Club was about as long as his career as caretaker in two spells, wasn't it? And I don't think anybody on 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 the board or on the fan base even would have 
seen that coming you know he in the summer as we said earlier he seemed to be someone who was prepared to buy into the into the trust's way of doing things and all of that um well in the end of course if you believe that he never spoke to paul lemon then he probably didn't but um but that's another that's another discussion subject isn't it um but no nobody could have seen that coming as quickly as it came certainly no matter how necessary it might have looked two things really i think first of all not speaking to paul lemon well you know that by the by with that really i mean paul lemon would be there longer than john pemberton as i've mentioned we've alluded to before wouldn't we so but and he'd go to paul lemon if he wanted a player or something but that just makes me if he might have wanted to bring his own bloke in i'm not i'm not sure about that so i don't i don't really know secondly is if he identified the problem but he didn't do anything about it he, he didn't change the system did he I don't think there was any problem with John Pemberton being manager. And I'm surprised he gave in as quickly as he did, to be honest, because all he had to do was tweak the system a little bit. And he was adamant that that system was working when it wasn't. The results state that, that it wasn't working. Just change it. You know, you know, John John Dunworth did say today, and it was after the microphones had been uh, uh, shut off, that regardless, they were going to play 4-4-2 today, even if John Pemberton had still been here. Right. Okay. Uh, uh, um, so I, I think the Altrincham thing was the last straw um, on, on, on that because you know of, of course we, we we led against Maidenhead and we led against Altrincham. Uh, um, both of those uh, could have gone a very very different way. Yeah. But, uh, um, you know, it, it, it turned out that they were going to play four four two today anyway, and uh, uh, and and I do believe that. Not that the board would have said to John Dunworth, I think you should play 4-4-2, because I'm sure they wouldn't even think about saying that. No. But I think on the Wednesday morning with a phone call, I think he probably said, I think we'll be playing 4-4-2 on Saturday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and you know, if you've got three three central defenders that have got ricks in them, you might as well only have two and add a little bit of attacking. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the, the thing is, right, he re-signed one, he's not played him. Also, he's played in one game, I think. Mm. Which, again, I find a bit odd. I don't know what's gone off there, so... And it must be something. Yes, absolutely right. You know, uh, um, yeah, because Lawrence Maguire hasn't been on nine nine out of tens every week as the left side of central defender, uh, has he? But but Hollis isn't on his own in being signed and not really being played. Uh, You know, this is only Denton. Is it Denton's second start? Tyler Denton. I think so, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Kiwami's not featured. Much and, and and Pembo signed signed those, didn't he? So mm. uh, uh, mm. yeah, you know, the, and, and of course Tom Denton, who scored seven goals so far. Yeah. So you know, you, we can't complain about that too much. I Although, think one of the things with Pemberton is, if you remember his background, it was youth football, and I just wonder whether he's still. Well, in youth football, I'm all about developing talent. It doesn't matter if I win games. It's not about points. And I think he's quickly come to realise that a club of our size, even where we are in the pyramid, there is a pressure there to produce results. And I don't think he felt particularly comfortable with that. Yeah. It is a, a, a results game, for sure, isn't it? Whereas you know, youth football is about preparing people for the first team. It's nice. It's nice when you win a league or a cup or something, but it's all about have you produced anybody for the first team? Is the mm. that's what fans want as well. 
yeah. particularly if they're local, they, 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 they like to see that. So, uh, okay, okay. Um, let's just finish off then. I'll give you five seconds to think if you were going to make an appointment without doing an interview, because we're not in that privileged position to be able to do that. Who would you appoint? And, uh, um, you know, let's let's throw forward to uh, to the next week or two. Do you think the new manager, assuming he's given a little bit of support, will turn it round? So uh, who am I going to be awful to and, and ask for the first uh, stat? Paul! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My, the unrealistic version of me wants uh, Danny Cowley, but the realistic version, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm pointing, all the arrows are pointing towards Tim Flowers, going to give him the job. You know, so and I think he'll sort the defence. I'm not bothered. I'm not bothered the style of football. I don't really care. The, the the club's going to be there longer than Tim Flowers is. So you know, if you can get us just into normal mid table, you don't have to keep the job after 12 months. You can go and find something else if he wants. It's just about keeping us in this league. You know, and that, keeping us in the national league. So uh, that, that's yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I think that that's that's what it is. So uh, just just get him in. Stuart. Um. I'd, I'd 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 like to say Hurst, um, you know, but it's been a year or two since he was in this division, um, and it, the re- experience needs to be recent, relevant experience rather than just experience. Um, so the pragmatic choice, I think, would be Flowers. Yeah, mm-hmm. mm. right. and and you know, it, if if Lincoln City can bring two and a half thousand fans to to our new ground to watch Matt Reed foul and clog his way <laughs> through a yeah. game and roar with approval i'm sure we'll get used to it as well you know <laughs> if that's what it comes down to playing like that you know uh, does uh yeah I, I would go flowers i wouldn't have an issue with it um not my type of football, but if all I want is winning football. Yeah. Well, you never know. He might be able to play winning football, but better winning football yeah. if he's at a better resourced club. Yeah. Who mm. knows? Who knows? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but as, if you're going in the other direction and taking a bit of a gamble, I think Steve Watson's a great shout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I'd champion Steve Watson, but of course he's in a job, so... Uh, mm, yeah. Uh, and on the assumption um, that, that the club look at it long term, you know, I, I don't know who Steve Steve Watson's number two or Tim Flowers' preferred number two would be. I would look at bringing in somebody as a young, shapeable, mm. if that's the word. I mean, for, for, for instance, you know, looking back. And, and I know a lot of people say, all right, you didn't turn out to be a great manager, but that's exactly what happened with Roy McFarlane and Lee Richardson. Yes. Yeah. Lee, yeah. Lee was always going to take over from Roy McFarlane whenever yeah. Roy McFarlane left. Mm. And whilst people might look back on Lee Richardson with a tinge of disappointment, uh, um, actually, you know, while, while, while he was there, we brought in quite a few uh, uh, more than decent players, uh, Tommy Lee, Jack Lester, the two biggest heroes of recent times, for instance. Mm-hmm. And whilst there'll be people saying, "Oh, Alan Neil was responsible for this," and the Lee manager was the Lee Richardson was the manager that that did that. And I think uh, um, it, we finished ninth in League Two, didn't we? Yeah. So yeah, it, mm. it wasn't the worst thing that the world's ever ever known. So that sort of progression, where it was always going to be Lee Richardson taking over from Roy McFarlane, is where we need to get back to. Yes. If, 
uh, 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 we've not been there in recent uh, recent times. The closest it looked like was when Tommy Wright might take over from John Sheridan, and I think he was that Morecambe result away from possibly doing that. Yeah. Oh mm. God, that. Oh, what an yeah, awful yeah, game that was. Yeah, yeah, it was, wasn't it? <laughs> So, uh, um, and we've, had, we've, we've had some times at Morecambe as you know, the, the fourth round. I remember you asking at half time in the 3 0 up, you know, when was the last time we scored six? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and let me tell you, Paul, it wasn't Morecambe. No. <laughs> that was, that was so, horrendous, that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely right. And, uh, and yeah, we were talking about defence, but of course, uh, uh, the man who scored the, uh, uh, the first goal. In that, oh, gee, I forgot his name. The the, the in your face uh, uh, bald left winger. Uh, what's his name? Oh, Kevin Ellison. Kevin Ellison, who's still playing at Newport County, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Scored the winner today. In, in his time, yeah. Well, forty-one or something, yeah. Dad. So, so you need the equivalent of him as a, as a central defender. Yeah. Uh, go get him. Go get him as manager. Yeah. Have you ever played at centre half, Kevin? Well, unfortunately, we've had a few centre-halves who are leaders, haven't we? Like Michael Nelson and Gerard, you know, over the last few years. I'd, uh, let, let, let's have a team who individually all lead in their own position. Yes, absolutely. You know? and, and, of course, for ages and ages and ages and ages, we've had managers bemoaning the lack of leaders. Well, you've, yeah, every player that's on the park has been signed by one of the managers who's been bemoaning the lack of leaders. Yeah, yeah. The pitch, haven't they? It's not like mm, you inherit yeah. a team. No. No. I do think it's, it's a one manager- issue at the minute, that, though. You hear lots of interviews with managers who say that because of the generation, you know, the, the Game Boy generation and, and, and social media generation, you haven't got those vocal leaders on the pitch anymore. And I think that's, that's right from the top level down. I think that's yeah. just a, a fact of life. You haven't got the up and atom, uh, mm. you know, Keep people about on a Sunday morning, play football for school, go on to the youth team, etc. I don't think I don't think you've got that that kind of character anymore. Uh, which is probably which is probably why um, you know a, a good choice would be, and I'm not going to name a name. I'm just going to name a type. Somebody in the National League who is in charge of a part-time team, so you've got minimal amount of time to work with them. Yeah. To get a maximum amount of output, like Boreham Wood, for, mm. for, for instance, as that. So uh, you know, so there you go. Anyway, uh, we've we've all we've all had our say uh, on this. Well, we've pulled it together for a manager's special reason. We'll be back with our normal monthly podcast before uh, before much longer, probably to uh, look at the managerial yeah. appointment and, and their first match or two. But uh, yeah, hopefully you've enjoyed the listen. If uh, if you are, well, people aren't travelling down on the next two Saturdays, are they, to, uh, to wait for <laughs> them? Well, if you would be, uh, um, they'd be, it'd be a good list on the way to, to one of those games. I'll be I'll be at Weymouth and Dover, God willing, over the next couple of weeks. And Aldershot in between, I think, we're at home. Uh, Mike Fondop will no doubt be uh, looking forward suspended. to playing defence. Is he suspended? <laughs> I believe he was sent off on his debut, wasn't he? Oh, Oh, right. I, I, I'm sure I read that on on Bob's or something, so it might be complete nonsense. But that doesn't doesn't surprise me in the in the least. So from me, Phil Tooley, and from uh, Paul Fisher and Stuart Bass, Daryl Carpenter, we bid you farewell, and hopefully, hopefully, we'll win a match before much longer. <laughs>